This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Welcome to Chapter 70. This week we took in a most incredible attraction, Chateau des Milandes, the home of Josephine Baker. Yeah, she was an extraordinary person and this site is something not to be missed if you find yourself in southwest France. Well, we uh, did a little experiment today. Epic failure. Well, let's just start off by saying that you haven't gone. Uh, I've been walking almost every day. Yeah. Um, and you haven't joined me in over, I want to say, two months. Oh, about a month, month and a half, something like that. But yeah, yeah I, because I've you've had had foot issues, but I got some new shoes, a couple of different pairs of shoes, and I was trying out the new walking shoes today. And we decided, okay, let's take every single dog. Well, so while you were not walking with me, I took advantage of that situation to take the dogs out. But I can't take all three because no. they would just no, they did. They just ragged all you around the countryside. <laughs> yeah. It would be just yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, not safe. So Blue has been my steady companion, and he's an amazing walker. He doesn't pull. He's not one of those dogs that has to. You know, piddle on everything, <laughs> sniff or everything, smell everything. Yeah. He's just very content to be walking. And so I've taken him the most often. I've taken Anna a few times, and she's really good when she's alone. I, I took both of them, Anna and Blue, on a fast hike. Like we just raced across the, the forest into the chateau and back. They were great. In the forest, they were awesome. Mm -hmm. I took Brad into the forest alone. He was pretty good, but he's one of those dogs that he has to leave his print on everything. Uh, he's got to pee everywhere, and he's got to sniff everything. Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's the least easy to uh, to walk. So we thought, okay, they've, they've been trained for the last month and a half, two months. I've been walking with them. Let's take them out together. Jeff, you take Brad, I and Brad. I'll take the two Greeks. And, you know, I have this contra contraption. So I have a belt, and then I, I tie the leashes to the to the belt. And, um, and, and it's really easy to walk them. But today was not smooth. No, it was well, and and it's funny because with Brad and and with me there, all of a sudden the Greeks are pulling a little bit where they didn't used to for you, and Brad is just yanking and oh man, and then you've chose a route where there are seven thousand dogs, <laughs> and every time we came across it, Anna's going to town, and oh, it was just a nightmare. No thanks, I'm not. It wasn't doing a night. Look, it wasn't a nightmare. It was a beautiful morning, nice and fresh. We got some exercise. Our dogs are going to be calm for the day, so there were some benefits. Yeah, I just you know what it's uh, I don't know. I I would recommend next time doing the forest walk would be Yeah, but then that okay, that's that's great. Less fewer distractions, but then you got Brad who's going to want to sniff every single bush and pee on every single tree. You, you can have him. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going. There are some dogs that are just not meant to, you know, be a, a leash walked. He's got he gets tons of exercise on the property. I just don't think it's for him. You know, because anyway. he races around the property, chases the the cars. He comes in, he's got the side tongue going. The dog, <laughs> the dog is in is he's athletic in, shape. Yeah, yeah, that's what the vet said. His his heart is uh, the heart of an athlete. Yeah, uh, but anyway, we can we can discuss it. I I do admit it wasn't as pleasant as I had 
anticipated, but you know, it uh, it it was effective. Yeah. Now the the two shoes sets of shoes that I I got. So I got I got I love my Merrell hiking shoes. They're just the best, you know. So I bought a new pair of Merrells. And uh, so they were great today. My feet actually, you know what? Not bad. They're... And that's why you didn't want to go in the forest because they're new and you didn't want to dirty your shoes. That's right because we've had a lot of rain. I don't want to muck them all up for uh, <laughs> our trip coming up here in a while. But the other set of shoes that I got, so I was, you know, the, the so we have these hard floors. We have these stone floors, which I dreamt about having stone floors when we had wooden floors and the dogs were just carving them up, right? No, oh, they were making, and, yeah, no, shredding them. No regrets on on the uh, stone floors that we have in our house because it's just great for dogs. Yeah, it's very, very easy to clean and hard to damage. Yeah, impossible to damage. The only issue is, and this is, I will warn you about this, as you're getting older and if you choose to go from wood floors to stone floors... Always wear a cushiony shoe. I didn't do that for the first two years that we were here, and now I'm paying the price for it because this is what the problem has been with my feet. It's that thing where if you're working, and and those of you who who work in like big box stores or that kind, you're always on a cement floor or or uh, you know some manufacturing area, and you're always on a cement floor. You 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 can get that pain on the top of your foot, mm. and that's what's happened. So I was talking to Howard about this, and he said, "Oh, you got to try these Hoka shoes." And you know, I was looking for Mephistos, and I just couldn't find them here. And then he mentioned these couldn't, and that's exactly what they're made for. Like they have, they have a running shoe, they have a walking shoe, hiking shoe, but then they just have slip-ons that you wear around the house, and they're really uh, cushiony. Yes. Um, now, <laughs> you know, you know how, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you kind of, you ask a person a question and you're asking <laughs> a person an opinion uh-huh. and they're trying to be nice, but because but what comes out of their mouth, which isn't necessarily <laughs> about the shoe or about your question, you know, the, you know what they think about you can it. Even, extrapolate. Yeah, like, like, okay, my mom has this thing. And it's it's great. She's of course my mom. You know she would never criticize anything. So she always. She, but if someone asks her a question like, uh, "Hey, what do you think of my, you know, a fluorescent uh, purple dining room? What do you th- what do you think of that color?" And instead of saying what I would say, it's horrid. Take it down. Uh, not a normal person in the world would paint their dining room That's fluorescent what you would say, purple. Yeah. This is what I would say. Yeah. Because you asked. Yeah. You know, are my ankles fat? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah they, they are. are. Uh, so don't ask. But my mom, no, she's not like me. She's actually a nice person. And she would say, <laughs> I love this. It's unique. You know. <laughs> so these shoes came. These Hoka shoes came. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, they, they looked a little funny coming out of the box. And I, I put them on my feet. And maybe, maybe it's because I was wearing something kind of funny, but... I turned to Julie and I said, "Hey, do these do these look a little goofy?" And she said, "That's not the point." <laughs> yeah, they're they're more they're more you know treatment shoes. 
like medical shoes. Like no, but what you said was uh, yes, they look goofy. Yeah. That's what you said by that's not the point. And I don't have to wear them. And you don't have to wear them. I tell you what, they are. They may look a tiny bit goofy, but they are fantastic around the house. So if you have hard floors. Please go and do yourself a favor. Get a pair of these. They're they're not crazy money. Like these were eighty euros, you know, online and free delivery. Free delivery, and they're also great, like for around the pool. Yeah. They're they're you know what they are. They're a very comfortable replacement for a flip flop. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Without a thong, like without the thong. Yeah, without the th- yeah, which is even better. Yeah. Like, more comfortable. Yeah. I hate that thing. That thing that sticks in your yeah. toe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, so- they look they look really comfortable <laughs> and you know what your your issue your foot issue is yeah has has been and somewhat this is only, relieved this so is only a two-week thing we got these um but yeah just just throwing that in there because uh it's it's been a real but blessing. you wouldn't wear them like out in public <laughs> would you are you worried about that <laughs> i like, don't know well, we're going on holiday. I'm taking them on my holidays. Like around the pool is okay, or in the shower. Oh, I'm is not going to okay. take them. I'm not going to wear them to dinner. Okay, good. But like, I would wear them around a public pool. Like, pool's fine. Pool's fine. That's it. Okay, great. Do you want me to start commenting on some of the things you wear? Like, no. Okay. Well, there you go. It's turning ugly. Well, you just <laughs> you... <laughs> your shoes. <laughs> Man, I mean, you got to think of the the health benefits more than yeah, anything else. Yeah, that's that's the point. Hey, you got to yeah tell the story before we we got we're going to get to this Josephine Baker stuff. I got to tell you, uh, oh, what this, a fun fun excursion. We're, we're going to get to that in a second. It was just incredible. Both of us were just blown away. We, as a matter of fact, we had two things we wanted to do, um, and the other thing just got shelved because this was so interesting. But we will get to that in a second. Just just. The, the Monday thing. Oh, so, right. So I have a, a bunch of things to do. Like, yeah. And, and uh, Villeneuve-sur-Lotte is one of the closer, bigger towns that has a seamstress, that has a jeweler, that has a, you know, a, 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 a nice um, eyeglass store. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go get some new eyeglasses. I'm going to go get some stuff repaired at the jewelry store and go get some pa- pants hemmed. And because you don't like driving there, of course, <clears throat> I had to waste. I mean, I had to come along with you. Well, no, because it, there's always a lunch included. There has to be. So we had we had lunch, a later lunch, and then we waited for the stores to open at two. And so I walk over to the eye store number one, <laughs> the eyeglass store, and closed on Mondays. Closed on Mondays. So I thought, oh no! And then we try to find the seamstress, and we did. And we did, yeah. and closed on Mondays. Closed on Mondays. And yep. then walked over to the jewelry store closed on Mondays. On Mondays. And uh, so at French class, I said, uh, so Veronique, uh, and, and you'd think we'd know this by now. We're here almost three years. And I mentioned this to her, and she goes, "No, no, no, no! Everything's closed on Mondays." And I said, "Why is everything? I mean, again, we, you know, we've we've told you how anti-commerce they are here. Any excuse to shut their doors, uh, <laughs> they do." And I said, "Why are they closed on Mondays? Oh, because they're open on Saturdays." And Julie goes, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Holy and cow. the North American things are even open on Sunday. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, again, it goes to the live to work, work to live thing, but yeah, everybody man. gets two two days, two full days of week off. Yeah, off. So, anyway, uh, that was crash and burn, and lesson we'll, learned on that one. Yep, but you know what? <laughs> Interestingly enough, I ran into our friend Olivier, who is coming back from the post office. I know that the post office does not open Monday morning. I know that. And now, he's our from friends France. And has been here much longer than we have. Yeah, even in, oh, that's right, even in our little area. Yes, much longer. He's been longer. here eight years. And, and he, he's driving back and, and, and he stops and he goes, oh, the post office was closed. I go, yeah, c'est normal. <laughs> that's how it is. It's always closed on Monday morning. I guess he he didn't do a lot of posting or mailing on Mondays typically. So. I guess. See, and and nor did we go shopping apparently on Mondays because yeah. that's how we found out. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Yep. <laughs> Lesson learned, as we said. All right. So, we we head into Dordogne again, right? Yeah, Dordogne has a lot of attractions. Wow. And it's an hour north from here. Yep. Um, and we decided to go, and not knowing very much at all about Le Château des Milandes, which is, uh, was Josephine Baker's residence for 30 years. Um, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's a petite chateau, right? It's, it's uh, a petite it's, chateau. I got to say, just from the get-go, like every single part of this, uh, this experience was incredible. Even just beginning with, okay, yeah, there's tons of free parking and then you you meander into the uh, entrance and it's 13 bucks 50 to get in 13 euros per person i mean that it and when we tell you what you get for that i mean you won't believe it it's and then it's a pretty uh, amazing value and yeah. because I, I think they've done a special thing for children because she was such an advocate for children and we're going to get into that as well mm-hmm. how many kids she adopted from all over the world but i think what is it kids under 5 or something are yep, free and they're in free yeah uh, and yeah so it, it's it's a place that has throughout the summer which is a very busy tourist time they have all kinds of activities for kids like they even have and we'll get to this in a minute but they even have children's um falconry yeah. um so they they actually allow the the children to touch the birds and to have the birds land on on their leather glove and it it's just it's just wonderful but you know you walk in and you're right there in front of this beautiful chateau i think she called it her princess chateau and it well, does look very very walt disney yeah, and it fairy has, tale has a standalone chapel in front of it also in front of it are just these breathtaking gardens and down below, she's got, there were streams. Uh, it's just, it's a, about six hectares worth of land, yeah, even, the, though, even though the, the chateau, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, is of a, a smaller nature. Yeah. And I mean, the chateau is medieval. Like it, it was, I think, 15th century. 15th, yeah. Um, and the gardens are a historical monument. So is the building. And I had read online that they had this um, bird of prey show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've never into that kind of thing before. Mm-hmm. So we made sure, well, we tried. Well, we, <laughs> we made, made it. We, we made, made it, it by five minutes. Uh, yeah. Um, to, to catch the show, which is at 11.15. At this time of year, there are three shows during the day. And so it, it's a cordoned off area on the north side of the chateau. And you, you get there. Open and, air, though. Open o- air. Open air. And yeah. there's seating. And there's the, the, the whole um, 
what would you call that? Like a field? Yeah, yeah, little field. Um, don't worry, there'll be lots of pictures on the Facebook page. Jeff and Julie moved to France. Uh, but yeah, a little field uh, in the center and then surrounded by seating. Seating. And then posts and beams yeah. and branches so that the birds know where to go. But they even land in amongst the uh, spectators. Yes. So it's just it's just Some phenomenal. of them are, are very, they're, they're friendly. Yeah. And you're told at the beginning of this show, so, you know, we're sitting down and there's quite a few people and we're told you can't. Can't, don't move, don't scream, because that will frighten. That'll trigger the birds. them. Yeah. yeah. And so th- this, we didn't know how long the show was going to be. We didn't know what kind of birds we were going to see, and we saw everything from a bald eagle, a Siberian uh, owl, um, little schwetz, um, a little. Um, That's an owl. Yeah, with beautiful faces, they're yeah. just so gorgeous. Yeah. And they come flying out, and they land on on their their falconers, I guess I'll call him, uh, uh, arm. And he is so good at manipulating calm. the birds. Calm, calm, calm. Yes, and he had he he really had he he was having a good time. You can tell like yeah. his passion for for these these birds. And you know, we went to visit them after the show, and they have really great lodgings. There, oh yeah, there's even one the, the one guy that wasn't in the show that I really was glad to see was they have a snowy white owl from mm-hmm. northern Canada. And there was another owl that they featured from Canada as well in actually in the show. And so they had about, I, I want to say six or seven varieties of owls. Yes. And then, as you mentioned, they had, uh, oh, and they even showed a ferret. And we thought, oh, God, they're not going to feed the birds. But the ferret, can you explain? what? what- so from what I got, the ferret is a hunting buddy to the, the, the bird of prey. Yeah. And so it, it, it can sniff out where uh, a rabbit's lair is. So he will go into, uh, he will show the bird of the bird of prey where the rabbit is and he'll scare the rabbit out of the hole so that the bird of prey can come and scoop him up and then he said okay we'll show you how that works and, yeah, and, and everybody's and, like oh no, no d- d- dear no. god don't do that <laughs> but they have a rabbit or like a fake rabbit attached to like a little yeah, electric car. <laughs> yeah. And the little electric car comes boogieing out of the bush and the owl just leaps into action, comes down, lands on the rabbit and goes yeah. to town. But it was a fake rabbit though. And yeah. no rabbits were maimed no, or, or Yeah, no or... animals or birds were harmed during the show. Yeah. Oh, and then, th- cool. then they had this bird that's um, really well, popular and... In South America, kind of a garbage bird. Like he loves. Yeah, they they don't like them there because they're they they eat anything. They go through people's waste, and it's they're just yeah troublemakers. And he he was a troublemaker. He was a com. He was a comedian. He was like like he first flew out, and then he didn't go right straight to the leather glove. He went underneath um, the stands and started looking for food and lollipops and whatever garbage. And and so he he did a couple of of, of tricks, and he was pretty good. But then he decided he spotted this item on the bench, and he he wanted to go get it. So he he swooped down, and it was it was a little a lovely family, and they had. Uh, two uh, young kids, and and the one kid was just a, like almost a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. And the little baby shoes were right beside the mama, so the bad bird decided to go pick up the baby shoe <laughs> and flew off and he's with it, flying all over the chateau <laughs> with this little baby shoe in his mouth. Everyone was howling, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then he uh, now explain he the the falconer said 
that he thought it was food. Yeah, he thought it was food. And so he would take it away and he was going to go play with it. To st- and then he, he saw that it wasn't actual food. So um, the falconer said he'll probably leave it there. But he didn't. He flew back around with the shoe. Yeah. And he finally dropped it on the other side of the chateau. He was a showman. He was. He just wanted to hear the laughs. He was a comedian. Yeah, he was going for the laughs. Yeah. Yeah. This whole show, uh, how many birds? I think we saw seven different kinds of birds. probably. Uh, And 40 minutes, it just, no pun intended, it flew by. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) And then, this is the other thing we haven't told you yet. Right next to the chateau, there is this award-winning brasserie. So they've got all these tables outside. It was a beautiful day. It was about 25, 26 degrees outside. So after, we still haven't even been in the chateau yet. No, we'd gone into the chapel. Yeah, we went into the chapel, but we still aren't even in the chateau. And I'm hungry and I'd love a beer after the bird thing. And so we go over and we have the greatest lunch. Like, you know. A brasserie lunch. Yeah, brasserie lunch. You had a salad. I had a burger. It was great. And then we spent the afternoon going through the chateau with the guided tour, any language you want. I think it's just English and French. Any of those two languages that you want. <laughs> and uh, and uh. it was just, but it's so great and such a smart idea to have. So, and the service at this restaurant was Bing, bong, boom, everything. They were just, and they had busloads of people in there. Well, it's it's a well-oiled machine. Like yeah. the, the, the people who own the chateau now know what they're doing. It's very classy. The grounds are impeccable, immaculate. You could see the gardeners working yep. in the in the gardens. They're planting some new stuff. The the house itself is really interesting. They had so much memorabilia, mm-hmm. and and the audio guide was very helpful. Yeah, the the audio guide was great, and 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 it's funny. It's the first audio guide where you can. Uh, so you're in a room, and then the the audio guide will say, "Okay, this was the children's room." To find out more about the children's lives now, hit number twelve. And if you don't want to, then you can just continue along on the tour. Great, really brilliant. So it's almost like I'd like to go back and hit some of those tangential buttons and find out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's it's I think it's the third set of owners since, and then the sad story is she was ultimately, you know, Josephine Baker was ultimately evicted from the home. But since then, which was in... Uh, I think it was in 69, yeah. Um, and it's now a mother-daughter that own the place. Yes, yeah, and and they really want to pay tribute to this French hero. I mean, she wasn't originally French. Josephine Baker was born in the U.S. in Missouri, and you know she had a very tough life because back back in in the early 1900s there was huge segregation and 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 you know very difficult for for someone of color. And she was she was uh, uh, um, her mother was black. Her mother, her father was Caucasian. They still, it's questionable. They still don't really know who her dad. Oh, he bolted, didn't he? Was yeah, yeah. yeah. So she grew up in in Missouri, and she got married for the first time at thirteen years old. Well, like that was a common thing. But like, did you know that? Like, that's not even as bad as Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis married a thirteen year old 
But it was his first cousin. So, you know, roll out the banjos on that one. But, but you think that was common back in, in the well, early I 1900s? I don't know, but it's, marrying younger, like what was Marie Antoinette? She was like 14, wasn't she? But back then, okay, that's back like then, you, your life, your life expectancy was like thirty. So let's get this thing yeah. rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> but she, she, that that marriage didn't work, and then she got married again at fifteen. Well, the reason the first marriage didn't work was the guy got sick of taking her to school. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's bizarre to think that somebody's married twice by the age of 15. But, yeah, she had a rough start. She really did. And then she, um, you know, was always musically inclined and, and got her break and was selected to join uh, um, a tour in, in Europe. And she just fell in love with France. France fell in love with her. She had a cabaret show. She she became a celebrity, like a real celebrity. In and France. and uh, she was able to fit in a little spy work during the war for France. Yeah, yeah. She traveled with with a, a general, uh, and and I guess was his cover, or I'm not quite sure what. Well, the... and and what they used to do was they'd use her sheet sheet music. Uh, to transmit information using invisible ink. And it was never spotted by, you know, the, the Nazis, the Germans. It was something that they were able to do throughout the whole time. And as a result, like, she's revered in France. Oh, she, yeah, she's, she's uh, honored here. Mm-hmm. And she met, she married a third time. Didn't, they didn't really talk about husband number three very much. Then he, she married a Frenchman uh, in, in 53, I think, and that's when she started building her rainbow. Yeah. She adopted, over a pretty short period of time, 12 children. From all over the world. All over the world. She'd come back from Japan. Oh, look what I found. It's almost like, you know, like, <laughs> hey, we were out for a walk, and look, we found this dog. And uh, so we brought her home. And, and, and I guess that took its toll, right? Yeah. I mean, she, the chateau was, was not... Uh, easy to carry financially. I mean, you know, she's the one who brought in water. She brought in the electricity. We know how expensive that can be. We saw the the renovations, her her bathrooms. That must have cost a fortune in the day. I mean, yeah. those were those are pretty modern marble. Mm-hmm. Like she used really high end finishes mm-hmm. for for the rooms. So there was the cost of the renovation, but then there's also the cost of raising twelve children, twelve sending kids. them to school. You know, all that is involved with having that that big of a as she called it the tribe yeah that big of a group and after so. i think it was after about the eighth kid the guy just said i i, I yeah eight so, is enough eight, <laughs> eight <laughs> is enough i'm out of here and um but then she kept going and and you know like because she was she came from such segregation she wanted to prove that hatred doesn't begin at that age and that's why she wanted to include uh, as as much diversity uh, with within her family to prove that you know we we can all live together. It was a wonderful notion, and uh, I, I think from that point of view, it was a huge success for her. Yes, yes. A little interesting aside is that her her children have now gone on and had their own kids, but none of them have adopted. No, huh? no. And I, I guess she wasn't able to have kids. That's why she adopted. But. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know that her spirit has been carried on in the same way in the next generation. Maybe not. Maybe not. 
But, you know, she got taken advantage of and she she lost the chateau. It went up for auction. Oh, the last part of this story is so sad. And it, it went up for auction. A person bought it and she just could not come to grips with leaving it. And at the end, she was basically evicted. But even then, when the, when the new owner came to take over the chateau, she was in there and she wouldn't leave. And she had to be tricked. And what happened was she was in the kitchen for like days, holed up in the kitchen, and she went out to get some water or something. And by the time she came back, the doors were locked. And she and so she still uh, was hanging on and, and could not uh, picture her life without this chateau. And there she was. There are pictures. I'll include one on on the Facebook page uh, from then and from now of these steps. And there she is on the outside of the chateau, sitting on the steps of the kitchen with with her, you know, meager bags, and she still would not leave. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and then she, uh, she passed uh, fairly shortly after that. Um, In 75. She had a little bit of a resurgence, yeah. though, uh, you know, because the people really... They, they really loved her. She had great friends. Yeah, like she had Bridget Bardot came to her rescue with some financial aid, but it was still not enough to keep the um, to, to keep the chateau. And uh, Princess Grace. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she had, she had lots of fans. And, you know, she was performing in, in Paris. And, and in 1975, in April, I think, she, she um, passed, uh, I think she had a coronary, I think. Yeah, in the middle of this uh, show. Well, I wasn't in the middle. I mean, it was in the middle of the dates. Correct. Of the show. Yeah. So, you know, that was a big loss for, for France. And, uh, you know, she's so meaningful. She's so important that uh, she was um, transferred to the Pantheon. Yeah, now explain what this Pantheon is, because it's 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 a beautiful building. Pantheon is in Paris, in the Latin Quarter. It's it's a massive, beautiful building that was built in the late seventeen hundreds, and at first it was going to be a, a church, um, and shortly after they decided that it would become more of a mausoleum, a place where. Um, people who had contributed to France and were important to France would be housed after their death. So um, for Josephine Baker, this happened recently, and it was on the news. Of, you know, we were living here um, in 2021. Um, she was transferred to um, the Pantheon, and uh, she's got a beautiful marker there, and it just shows how important she was to to this nation. And she's, I think, the only sixth woman uh, out of over 75 um, people um, that are there. And um, she's, you know, that that is the highest praise. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I think just walking through those rooms at the chateau, it just, you know, it, it, I felt how she lived, the kitchen, how where the ki- kids ate on the big table, yeah. the bright tiles, the fun they must have had. Uh, I just think it's a very beautiful, well-kept chateau, and we saw a lot of great things. And that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Okay. All right. Yeah, here we go. I've, I've been doing better. Yeah. There is one word you definitely won't know. Oh, one. That's okay. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Celui qui n'a jamais vu de château admire une 
porcherie. Mm. This is uh, like this is celui. Celui, cel, celui. Not celui-ci, but celui. Oh. Qui n'a jamais vu de château. I never saw the château. Admire. Admire. Une porcherie. That, I don't know what that is. That's the word I didn't think you would know. Okay. Porcherie is a pigsty. Oh. So, one who has never seen a chateau admires a pigsty. Oh, I see. Okay. So that can mean a lot of different things. Is that like it? one man's garbage is another man's gold? I, I don't know. Like to me, it's like once you've tasted like high-end balsamic vinegar, it's hard to go back to red wine vinegar. <laughs> I see what you mean. Like, okay. once you've seen a chateau... And if you've never seen a chateau, pigsty's fine. Then the red wine vinegar is perfect. I see. Okay. I, I think that's the kind of thing. Oh, so that's a good so I, one. So I don't know which one you'd rather be. The one that has seen the chateau or the one that hasn't seen the chateau? Well, I'm married to somebody who has seen the chateau and will <laughs> never have red wine vinegar. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to my world. <laughs> it can't be unseen, right? <laughs> no. Can't unring that bell. <laughs> all right, that is it. You know, maybe I got to tell you, after you mentioned all this uh, Pantheon stuff, that, that to me is an entire podcast. Next time we're in Paris, we go to the Latin Quarter, go to the Panthe- Pantheon and, and just see some of the the mausoleums that are there. Oh, yeah. And, like and Victor then be- Hugo's there. Right. Mary Curie's there. Yeah. Voltaire is there. I mean, they've been moving people in, in into the mausoleum since the early 1800s. Yeah, it's a, it's a high-end old folks' home for sure. And, uh, you know, it's something that I think would be worth an entire podcast because we could, all, you know, include some historical stuff about each mm-hmm. – or, or maybe maybe we take five or ten of them and, and, mm-hmm. and feature them on a podcast because I find that really fascinating. And, and, and what a nice thing to do. That's, that's another thing about France is, gee, boy, they really, they really respect their heritage here. It's incredible. I mean, yeah, they might be closed on Mondays, but there's this side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's, a, there's a huge respect for those that have contributed and, and helped build the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast again. Please uh, check out the Facebook page. Jeff and Julie moved to France because uh, I was just banging off photos at this beautiful. I mean, we got the we got the birds. Mm. We've got the shots of the, uh, the and, and oh, the, the the one thing I will uh, warn you about is there are no shots from the inside because it was not allowed. You couldn't take any pictures from the inside of the chateau. But we got lots from the outside. Lots of stuff. Uh, there's. Pictures of the great brasserie, the chapel, the gardens. It's really well worth it. So we'll have that up for you on the Facebook page as well. Uh, We will be taking next week off again as our summer hours continue. You know, I was thinking, I'm I'm glad we didn't use Mondays as our drop date or we'd never have a podcast. (laughs) Ah, t'es comique. À bientôt. Bye-bye.